This morning's reading is from Acts chapter 2, starting to read at verse 42. The believers form a community. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Amen. Good. Thank you, Nick, and uh, thank you, Helen. So our theme for this morning is asking the question, why did this church grow? And uh, we're looking particularly at those words that Helen has just read in Acts chapter 2, at the end of Acts chapter 2. As we move into the final section of sharpening our vision, really since Easter, we've been exploring these big words, welcome, love, challenge, and grow, because we sense that these are key words that we want to get a handle on in our church life, that if we're truly to move forward as the people of God, these words kind of provide a focus for many of the things that are part of our vision statement in the church as, as to where we want to move towards. So uh, we've just given some thinking to each of those words in the last uh, few months, and we now have several sermons on the theme of grow to pull it all together. And these come from the book of Acts, as all the other sermons earlier have come from on Sunday mornings, and located in three places, Jerusalem, Antioch, and Corinth. So the words that Helen read to us just now will be familiar to many of you. It was the opening scene, really, of the early church. It was after the day of Pentecost. The believers were in Jerusalem, and uh, they gathered together in this way. Many sermons have been preached from these verses. And I always find it a particular challenge when I come to familiar material as to how to really get the focus right. Because there's so much that we could explore. It's easy to say what is obvious when we think about these words of how this, uh, these early believers formed a community, came together to hear the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer, uh, and all the other things that are part of this early description of the Christian community. But for me, there was one verse, one little phrase that stood out from the rest and it is this phrase that comes at the end of the paragraph, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow! We seldom see that today. Indeed, we seldom see the Lord adding weekly those who are being saved, but the Lord adding daily those who were being saved. This was church in a different kind of way. I'm not aware of any Christian community, even uh, across the whole globe, where people are coming to faith every day. There are certainly parts of uh, the world where the Christian community is growing very fast. 
but other areas of the world where growth is slower. And for me, it begged the question, why did this church grow? Why did this church grow? Was it just that everything was new and fresh? That the Lord himself had not long risen from the dead, appeared to the disciples, ascended to heaven, and that the Holy Spirit had just come upon the believers in Jerusalem, and they were obviously excited. Was that the only reason why this church was growing? That everything was so new and fresh? So do we just put it to one side and say, okay, that was Acts chapter 2, that was just after Pentecost, that was when it all started, when it was all new and fresh and exciting, and the church grew. But we don't expect anything like that to happen today. Is that how we should think? I don't believe so. I believe there is something here, very important, for every generation of church. We're in a different place now, we're in a different time. None of us are first-hand witnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're not in the same part of the world. 2,000 years of history have come and gone since this was written. Our culture is hugely different. And yet there are principles from this story in the early church in Jerusalem which I believe are absolutely essential for the growth of the church today. I wonder, do you long to see more people coming to faith here and now? Do you long for the church to grow in numbers, in spiritual maturity, in compassion for one another, in effective mission? So much of our vision statement is aspirational. It's what we long to see happen among us. And that would be reflected in so many other congregations across the land and across the world. And now we have these four words as something of a focus of those aspirations. Welcome, love, challenge, and grow. We look at those words from a human perspective, and we say there's a task here for us all to do. We need to be people who are welcoming. We need to love one another. We need to be challenged as we worship and read the scriptures and pray together. And we need to grow in all dimensions, spiritually, numerically, relationally, and so on. At the same time, these are not just our aspirations, because these words also come from a divine perspective. These are gospel words, that actually it is God who welcomes us, whoever we are. However we're feeling today, God welcomes us. It is God who embraces us, and who has shown his love to us supremely and unconditionally in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It is the Holy Spirit who brings that challenge of inner conviction as to what is really important in life and how we should follow him. And ultimately, it is God who brings the growth. So these are not just words that talk about what we have to do. These are words that are talking about what God is longing to do. So what was it about the church in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 that led to such amazing growth? Can anything like that happen today? Well, as I reflected on this, it just seemed to me that there are three key words that we need to hold on to which were very evident in this description of the early Christian community that apply to all generations. And the first is commitment. Commitment. 
the early believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to prayers. Every day they met in the temple courts. They shared times of fellowship in their own homes. This was no nominal Christianity. This was everyday discipleship. The level of commitment that is expressed here is phenomenally high. The word devoted carries with it that sense of persistence and of perseverance. These believers were not engaging in these activities when it was convenient to them. They met in the temple every day. They were not occasionally listening to teaching. They showed an eagerness and a commitment to learn. Now, we're talking of a time before the scriptures were readily available in the form that we have now. Clearly, parts of the Old Testament were known on scrolls because Jesus himself took a scroll and opened it in Lazarus and read from Isaiah. But most of the teaching was passed on verbally through the apostles. So people like Peter and John, who'd been with Jesus, who'd heard the stories, who'd seen his miracles, who'd listened to him debating with those in authority, they had heard and they were passing on what they had heard and seen and understood. And there was a high commitment to listen. And then the word fellowship, that literally means having a share, holding in common. These believers were developing strong relationships with each other. They knew each other well and spent time together in different contexts, in public spaces, in the temple courts, and in each other's homes. They knew their names. They knew more than their names. They knew a little bit more about what was going on in their lives. So for me, the focus here is not so much on the detail of exactly what the apostles taught or how the believers shared their lives or when and how they prayed together. But the challenge for me is the commitment which they clearly gave to all of this. Now, we see high levels of commitment in different areas of church, of, of life today, not necessarily church life, other parts of life. I see healthcare workers deeply committed to their work and to the welfare of patients. I see teachers who are deeply committed to their work and to the education of children in their care. I see sports professionals deeply committed to delivering the best results they can and indeed celebrating success when it comes, as with the England rugby team in Japan yesterday. Deep commitment. How committed are you? How committed am I to the life of the church in the applied learning of our Christian belief in the world today, in the developing of strong relationships, in the sharing of hospitality, and in praying together. Is this at the top of your agenda? Commitment is essential if we are to see growth. That's what comes out to me from these words in the book of Acts. That these disciples were devoted to what they were doing. They were committed to the task of being God's people together. Learning. Sharing growing. The commitment was strong. But alongside that, that commitment, there was expectation. It wasn't as if it was a commitment that was a sort of bit of a grind. 
I'm doing this because I have to. It was a commitment that had an exciting edge about it because there was expectation for what God was doing. This was what brought the spark of life into the commitment. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And there's an earlier reference to signs and wonders with the prophecy from Joel, quoted in Peter's sermon a little bit before this paragraph. And some of those miracles were truly amazing. It was not so long ago in this same series earlier this year that I spoke about the lame man from Acts chapter 3. And there are many other wonderful stories further on in the book of Acts. And clearly those big miracles, if we can call them that, helped hugely to raise expectations and to sense that God was at work among the people. And I think we also need to raise our own expectations today as we share our stories, big and small, of how we're seeing God at work in our lives and in the lives of other people. Stories are encouraging, and sharing what God is doing builds expectancy. Every year in the church, one of the tasks that we have to carry out for the Charity Commission is to write a trustee report. Richard knows all about this because he's been working hard on it in the last uh, few weeks. And this has several headings. They're standard for all charities. So amongst other things, we have to write about the church's achievements and performance and about the church's future plans. I would love these paragraphs to be full of testimony of what God is doing among us. Yes, we might write a bit about appointments that we've made, the events that have taken place, future expectations and so on. But as the people of God today, our greatest expectation, our greatest expectation is that God is among us and he will blow our minds with the way he hears our prayers and how he works to thrill and to surprise us. I loved hearing the testimonies of Anna and Luke the other week. Uh, they're not in here to hear me say this because they're upstairs at the moment. Um, and Annie also, earlier in the year, in the summer. Young people who've committed their lives to following Jesus Christ. I'm so excited that Karen Shaw is now at All Nations College uh, preparing for what God is calling her to do. She'll be back next Sunday and uh, we'll just say a little bit about uh, how her early weeks at college have been going. We had a few stories from people who'd experienced welcome here in the church earlier in the year. And it was great to share those stories, encouraging to sense how God has been working. And I want to say to you today that whenever you sense that God has been working in a specific way, it will be wonderful to hear it. Because that is what will build that expectation that actually God is at work among us. And there are those things that we can celebrate. And sharing what God is doing builds expectation and brings life into that commitment that we're making in the work of God today. So there was commitment in the early church, but there was also expectation about what God is doing. And then there was sharing. 
There was profound sharing. These early believers did not live in isolation. They lived in true community. There was a high level of sharing. And this was done in a spirit of willing generosity. And not after this particular, not long after this particular time, there was a situation that rose where the Gentile widows were not receiving the care they needed. And a solution to that was very quickly found. Uh, you can read about that a little bit further on in Acts chapter 6. And then as we go deeper into the New Testament, it is quite clear that the sharing of the believers went well beyond the Christian community to those who were around them and those who they were concerned for. And it seems appropriate at this moment just to mention a recent moment of generosity where we as a church have been on the receiving end. Wouldn't usually use a sermon to tell you this, but uh, it just seems appropriate at this moment. Many of you will remember Bernard Tyler, who died earlier this year. And I was due to take a short ceremony for the interment of his ashes around the grave, which contains the remains of his daughter, who sadly died at a very young age, and also his wife, Brenda. And so we gathered there around this grave at Robin Hood just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, all of Bernard's children, their partners, and nearly all the grandchildren were present. Bernard had a large family, so there were well over 20 of us there. And after the short service, one of Bernard's children stepped forward, presented me with a check, which was a donation to the church out of Bernard's legacy, as he had instructed in his will. And what stays especially in my mind is not so much that there was a gift, but that how it was given. This family so clearly wanted to present to me representing the church in person on that occasion to express their deep appreciation for all that the church had meant to Bernard. And that's how they presented it. And that I found deeply moving. They're not a family of believers, but they knew about Bernard's faith. And they also knew something about the joy of giving. And I feel they captured something of the spirit of the book of Acts. Something about sharing, something about generosity, something about gladly passing on. And though it was Bernard's instruction that this particular sum of money might be offered to the church, the family were delighted to be participate in that. There is a final twist to this story. And that is that when the cheque was presented to the bank, it was intercepted by the fraud department, much to the embarrassment of Bernard's family. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anyone here who works in, in the bank in fraud. Uh, we are very grateful for the remarkable way in which uh, so often uh, there are those who keep an eye on these things. On this occasion, we could say it was unnecessary. It was soon resolved, but I rather liked the comment of one of his daughters who said that she could only imagine what her dad's sense of humor would make of this. If you knew Bernard, I'm sure your imagination begins to 
move at that point. You see, I don't sense from the book of Acts that sharing and giving was done in a legalistic manner, something they had to do. But rather, it was done according to the needs that they saw and their capacity to give generously. There was something just from within the disciples that moved their spirits to give and to share. And I believe that the generous sharing of money, of time, of skills, of a listening ear, and a caring heart. These are fundamental to church life. It's not so much what you give as how you give. It's not so much whether you contact someone by phone or text or visit. It's how you do it. I see in the book of Acts a community that really shares heart to heart. And notice that this community enjoyed the favor of all the people. Their community life with its focus on worship and learning and caring was deeply attractive. They were not putting up barriers and hiding themselves away in a corner, even though it was very risky for them to be a follower of Jesus at that time. But no, it was attractive. Here was not an inward-looking closed community, but an outward-looking, compassionate community. Why did this church grow? I've not said much about the detail of what they were actually doing. Because I felt that the focus this morning needed to be more on why that church was growing. And to me it seems this is why the church was growing. Because there was a high level of commitment, of expectation of what God is doing and of sharing. They took the worship life of the church seriously with the teaching of the apostles, the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were expectant of the signs and wonders that God was doing among them. They took the pastoral life of the church seriously with their depth of care and sharing. They were respected by the wider community of Jerusalem. And the Lord added daily those who were being saved. Growth is not out of reach. Growth can happen and does happen when we apply ourselves to our corporate life in this way. So this morning, will you take church seriously? Will you bring to God's community, God's family, God's people here, that level of commitment? expectancy and sharing such that your life becomes part of the corporate life of God's people and we see what God is going to do increasingly among us. I'm going to ask the band to come back onto the stage and uh, lead us into uh, final singing and prayer together. We've got time so we don't need to rush through these songs. And Dave will lead us on in that.